Hey everybody, I just wanted to stop by and say hi before the show to talk about something that's very, very serious. So, something has come to my attention that I feel like a lot of people need to be made aware of. Um, as we all know, bullying is a huge, huge problem in the world, especially here in the United States. Um, it is an issue that I don't think is going away anytime soon, and that's a that's its own problem in and of itself, but... What I saw today has me absolutely just furious. And it's it's on several levels it has me furious. And I'm going to explain why here in just a moment. Um, I, I want to make things very, very clear about who I am and what I stand for. I am... Um, I'm a man, I am an educator, I am a parent, and I am just so distraught over what I have seen. This, this is absolutely just heartbreaking and, as I've said, infuriating. So, there is apparently a young man who is from Australia. And he has been diagnosed with uh, dwarfism. I believe his name is Caden. I believe that's how it's pronounced. If I'm mispronouncing your name, Caden, I do apologize. I mean no offense by it. But a young, uh, young man from Australia with dwarfism has apparently been the target of bullying. And it's gotten to the point that this young man is, according to his mother, suicidal on a daily basis. This is what the hell is going on in our world today. To where a nine-year-old is contemplating suicide. That is absolutely mind-boggling to me. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with children today to where they feel they have the right to bully and say the meanest things to a young man who just is trying to live his life? It's already bad enough that he's, you know, seen as a little bit different, but to then publicly mock him to the point where he is considering killing himself on a daily basis? That is a new level of worldwide societal low. Now, I mentioned before, I am a parent. I have three kids. One's 14, one's 12, the other is nine. If my daughter, who is nine, came home crying because she was being bullied and said she was thinking about killing herself and did it on a daily basis, you can guarantee I would be fucking furious. I'm still furious when it's not my child. We as people need to educate our children better, to teach them that bullying and making these mean comments, and even when you think it's just a joke, to you it might be just a joke, but to the people who live with this stuff on a daily basis, who are the ones who are the butt of the jokes, it's not fucking funny. It's not funny. 
my oldest, my son, he is also high-functioning autistic. And he gets bullied a lot. And I see what it does to him. I can't imagine a kid five years younger than that going through the same thing to where he feels the need to say this kind of stuff to his mother. And according to the mother, it's not just the kids at school. Anytime they're out in public, some kid will make a comment toward him, and it just destroys this kid. This has to stop. Thankfully, to brighten this young man's life, a couple of good people have gotten together. Uh, Brad Williams among them. For those of you who don't know who Brad Williams is, he is a uh, comedian who also uh, lives with dwarfism. And he has started a GoFundMe page to send this young man to Disneyland. Which I know would make this kid's millennium, I'm sure. So, if you can, go ahead and look this up. Brad Williams, I know, has it uh, pinned in his Twitter. Go ahead and look him up. Find the, the link to the GoFundMe page. And if you can, please donate. If you can't donate, at least help to raise awareness. Help to let people know about this great effort that's going on to brighten this young man's life. And... If you have kids, either they're about ready to enter school or they're already in school, talk to them. Educate them about bullying, whether they're the ones being bullied or the ones that are doing the bullying. This has to stop because the way kids learn this shit is from us, from the parents. They don't, they're not born knowing how to bully people. They're not born with prejudice. They're not born with bigotry. They're not born with hate. They learn it from us. And it's up to us to do better to teach them to be accepting of those who are different and to not make them feel like they are lesser people just because they may look a little different or act a little different than we do. It's up to us to be better, to set the proper example so that they can then take that example and create a better future. And again, the reason I'm bringing this up on a wrestling podcast is because uh, WWE... Superstar Paige has also weighed in and offered to take this young man to WrestleMania as her date. And that, to me, just is a class act. So I think more people do need to get involved with this. If you want to get involved, like I said, go find Brad Williams on Twitter. I'll go ahead and I'll give you his his uh, Twitter handle right here. It is at FunnyBrad. At FunnyBrad. Go ahead and look him up. And you'll find a link to the GoFundMe page on his... It's a, it's a pinned tweet, so you'll find it. And let's do better for people. For not just Caden, not just for this young man, not just for, you know, people all over the world. But for people in our own hometown, for our children and our children's children. So that we can build a better tomorrow to where people won't have to deal with these kind of thoughts. And especially... Not a nine-year-old child. All right. Thank you very much for your kind attention. And now, back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to my podcast. I'm your host, James Shimo, and I am back once again. It's been a hot minute, I know. I've been gone for quite some time. I apologize. It is definitely not what I intended uh, to do, but sometimes life has a habit of getting in the way. So where exactly have I been? What have I been up to? Where has life taken me? Well, we're going to get into that. 
So for those of you who don't know, I have a pretty, pretty hectic schedule when it comes to my personal life, my professional life. I do have a full-time job outside of doing this podcast, so I am often required to, to be other places. And part of that is taking care of my work before or after I go on very long trips. And I happen to take one of those very long trips. You may have mentioned, uh, may have heard me mention, excuse me, that I was going on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Two. Me and a couple of buddies of mine, Ryan Payne, who you've heard on this program before, and another buddy, Haven Pendergast, we all went in on a room, and we were on the ship of Jericho for a full four days. It was an absolute blast. I cannot begin to tell you exactly how much fun I had, but I'm going to endeavor to do just that because I will be going in-depth into what took place on that ship over those four days here in just a little bit. But before I could go on the trip, number one, I had to pack. Number two, I had to make sure I had all my paperwork in order. Number three, I had to make sure that I had everything in order at work. Um, I'm an educator, for those of you who didn't know, so I had to make sure I had all of my plans and paperwork and everything like that in place before I could go on this very, very, very extended vacation. This is actually the first vacation I've taken, uh, I'd say probably in about the last 10 to 12 years. So it's been quite a bit. Um, So yeah, I had to get all of that done, which is why I didn't have a lot of spare time in order to do one of these episodes uh, as of late. But what I intend to do after this episode airs, I will be doing... Uh, pay-per-view reviews of the Royal Rumble of NXT TakeOver uh, Portland, which I have also watched. I will also be endeavoring going forward to do podcasts reviewing Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW. Um, I won't be doing NWA Power or uh, AEW Dark, um, just because that's just way too much. I think I'm going to stick with the mainstream kind of stuff. Every now and then, I might throw in a pay-per-view review for... Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or for Super, uh, not Super Card of Honor, for crying out loud, Ring of Honor, uh, Ring of Honor here and there, um, and maybe even an Impact show here or there if I if it's something that gets a lot of mainstream attention and there's something worth talking about. I also will include certain news pieces in those reviews as well. Anything that has just come up in the world of professional wrestling that I feel needs to be talked about. So. Without any further ado, let's get right into my experience on the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2. So the first day, um, my flight, I managed to get a direct flight to Miami, which is a rarity. Uh, but in order to do that, I had to be up ridiculously early. Uh, I think I woke up at about 2 o'clock in the morning here, and then I left the house at about 2.30, went and got some breakfast at a drive through a 24-hour drive through Thankfully, there was one close by that was open. Uh, made it to the airport about 3.45, 4 o'clock in the morning, somewhere around in there. Uh, managed to get into the building, got my luggage taken care of, all of that, got my boarding pass, everything, and then I headed towards uh, security. Now, security, I don't think security really opens at this place until, like, close to 4.30 in the morning, maybe even closer to 5. And with a 5.45 flight, you can imagine how anxious I was to get through there and to really just, you know, find a seat by the terminal and just kind of relax. So 
as I am making my way through, you know, I I, I made a few choices um, going through the security line that I knew were going to be beneficial to me. Number one, I made sure that the shoes I had could be slipped on and off easily. Yes, I'm not saying I wore like flip-flops or anything like that because it's fucking cold around here. As a disclaimer right now for those of you who are joining me for the first time, I let all my four-letter words fly. I'm a fourth-generation son of a sailor. I know how to swear like nobody's business. So if swearing makes you uncomfortable, if swearing is something that you just would rather not deal with and rather not listen to, then you're welcome to just shut this podcast off and never listen to me again. Um, I swear. People swear. It happens. Get the fuck over it. Um, so I was wearing like regular old tennis shoes, but they were tied and I'd been slipping them on and off so much without untying them that it was just easy for me to take them off. Uh, I also wore a pair of sweatpants rather than jeans or anything like that. That way I didn't have to worry about taking a belt off or anything like that. So that was a disaster avoided as well. I also didn't take a laptop with me. I didn't spring for the internet package. If Even if I did, I could just as easily access it on my phone as I did on my laptop. So there was no purpose to that. So that didn't cause any extra problems. All I did was empty my pockets into my backpack, zipped it up, ran it through the machine, and that was it. As long as I had my driver's license and my uh, boarding pass in my hand, I got through pretty easily. But there was one thing that happened as I went through the security line that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit, which was... As I'm walking through, and, you know, I go through the big body scanner and everything like that, they say that something has has come up. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I, I don't have anything on me, so I don't mind getting searched. But then they mention that, or not searched, but patted down, but then they mention that the area where it was, something was detected was around my groin. I'm just like, what the fuck? Do I look like I'm smuggling a bomb in a prosthetic testicle or some shit what the fuck kind of sci-fi shit do you think this is but i was like you know what fine whatever you guys gotta do your due diligence i don't know what the hell that thing triggered there was absolutely nothing that i had on that could have triggered something so i just said you know what screw it they you know scanned me they patted me down everything was fine like i said nothing really too terrible it's just inconvenient as fuck so um I got through the security line just fine, managed to make my way over to the terminal, and I think I was there from about, oh, 4.15 until about 5.15 when we finally started boarding the damn plane. And for those of you who think, you know, flying just is, is bad in general, well, let me tell you, the plane that I was on was tiny. It was not like one of these 747s where you got three to an aisle on each side. No, there were two to an aisle on each side, and spaces were fucking tight. Um, but it was a two-hour flight, so I figured, you know, what the fuck, I'm, I'm fine. So, uh, we get up in the air, everything goes without a hitch, we get done, uh, we land it in Miami, uh, you know, not sunny Miami, because it was fucking raining that day, or at least at early in the morning it was, because we let, we finally took off, I think about six o'clock in the morning, and then we touched down just before eight so you know pretty pretty early day um so i i managed to get downstairs get my bags um and i'm looking around and i'm like well shit um my check-in time for the cruise is until about 10 30 and that's it's only eight o'clock so what am i gonna do i can't just you know get a shuttle and go straight to the port i'm gonna be waiting around for two damn hours so um i decided to 
take a walk up to not the concourse area behind security, but like the, the baggage check-in area and things like that. And I just decided to walk along and see what was there that I could eat. So I'm walking along, I'm walking along, and finally, you know, I'm seeing stuff like, you know, Starbucks and some of these like really, really expensive like frou-frou places. And I'm just like, fuck me, there's no way I'm paying that kind of money, especially in a damn airport. So finally, uh, as I'm walking along, I see a Taco Bell. And I'm like, all right, you know what? It's not the most adventurous fucking thing in the world, but at least, you know, I'm going to get some food in my damn stomach. So I went and got my food, sat down for a little bit, um, uh, FaceTimed with uh, my girlfriend so she could tell I was okay. Um, you know, I it's not that she asked me to check in like that because she worries about me all the time. I voluntarily do that because... You know, I love this girl. I want her to know I'm okay. I don't want her to worry or anything like that. And besides, I'm going to be out at sea for a shit ton of time where she's not going to be able to get in touch with me, and she worries enough as it is. Might as well, you know, keep that anxiety down just enough. And that, and that is the thing. My girlfriend does uh, does suffer from major anxiety from time to time, so I'd rather not uh, contribute to making that situation any worse. But anyway... Finally, some time passes. I catch my shuttle. I get over to uh, the port, uh, check my bags with the porters, and I head into the main check-in area. I meet up with my buddy Ryan, who out of everybody, or at least everybody in my group, probably had the worst travel day, or at least the the longest travel day, because he had to take a red-eye from California to get to where we were at. And then he was up at the Fort Lauderdale airport, and he got up in super-duper early. Had to catch a shuttle from there, but even then, he had to wait even longer, I think. He got there, he got to, I want to say, he got to Fort Lauderdale probably about maybe 7 a.m., maybe even a little earlier than that, so he'd been hanging around way longer than I had. So eventually, uh, we decide, you know, hey, we meet up, we say, hey, he brought along his... Uh, replica NXT North American title belt with him, so a lot of people are oohing and on over that. Uh, we were waiting on our buddy Haven, who, he was having a shitty, really shitty travel day, because he, he lives in Florida, which you think would make things a lot easier, but no, he's gonna take, uh, I think it's called the tri-rail or whatever, somewhere, and then he gets off of that, he's gotta get on a bus, he's gotta get on a shuttle, he's traveling six ways to Sunday just to get to the airport, so he had a rough time. But anyway, um, we get in, we check through security and everything like that. They give us a health questionnaire to fill out, which I'm, I know is standard procedure, you know. Don't want anybody who's contagious hopping on board your cruise ship. So um, we're filling that out, and as we're filling out that information, we look around, we see the Young Bucks coming in, and they've got like two separate check-in lines. Once you get through security, you've got the one that's just for the everyday guests, and then you got the one for the talent. So we see the Young Bucks come in, which is pretty cool. We see uh, Vicky Guerrero come in, her and her family, which is really cool. Uh, and then in, and after Haven finally got there, he got through the security check-in and everything like that, he mentions Justin Roberts was coming in behind him. And sure enough, you know, about maybe five minutes later, um, he, yeah, Justin Roberts came waltzing right in, you know. So we get our health questionnaires filled out. We stand in line. And as we're standing in line, we're seeing a bunch of the other talent, you know, checking in up the up the desks. You know, you see guys like Booker T and his wife Charmel. You see uh, Jake the Snake, Scott Hall, you know, really cool people. And then uh, Eric Bischoff shows up after a little bit as well. Um, so finally, we're working our way through the line. Haven, Ryan, and I are standing 
right up there. We're getting checked in and everything. Uh, and then as we're getting cleared and getting our key cards and getting waved through, I look over, over my left shoulder, and I see Cody standing, like, maybe about five or six feet from me. And I look, and I was like, oh, what's up, Cody? How's it going, man? And he's, you know, just waved at me, saying, hey, man, how's it going? And then, you know, just really cool dude. Uh, so we walk through, and then we get to the upper level of this this port where everybody's just kind of waiting in line. It's a lot like the the uh, the terminal at the airport, but it's obviously for a damn ship. Um, and the ship is freaking massive. Like if you've ever seen a cruise ship uh, on TV or in movies or anything like that, like looking at it from that perspective does not do it justice. Until you've been like standing on you know like dock level and looking up at one of these things. You really don't appreciate how just massive these fucking ships are. So, in any case, the three of us grab a seat, and we're minding our own business, just chit-chatting with people. And then, all of a sudden, I look across the way, and Eric Bischoff's kind of making his way around. And he sits, like, maybe one or two rows away from us in the waiting area. And I'm like, huh, you figure he'd have gotten, like, VIP kind of access to where he could have just walked on anytime he wanted to. And this is where I expected some shit to really start going wrong. I expected, like, a whole bunch of autograph hounds and picture hounds and everything like that to just swarm the guy and just start saying, hey, you mind if I get a picture? Hey, you know, can I get an autograph? Can I pick your brain about this and that? And I'm waiting for this to happen, and it it doesn't. Nobody went over and bothered him, which I thought was super impressive because we all know how pushy professional wrestling fans can be. Like, we have no qualms about being pushy about shit. So, when I saw that, and I just saw him kind of hanging there, just minding his own business, nobody went up to him, nobody bothered him, nobody asked for pictures or autographs, they just let him sit, they let him be, and I'm like, huh, okay, color me surprised. So, <clears throat> after that, we get up, and we our, our boarding group is called, and we start, you know, walking up the gangplank onto the ship. And as we're walking, Eric Bischoff's walking in right behind us. And, you know, we just kind of waved and said, and said hi, you know, and everything like that. Nothing major. And then, you know, as we're getting ready to make a turn or whatever, he's kind of like right beside me, and it's a bit of an narrow space. So I just said, you know what, after you, Mr. Bischoff. And, you know, he said thanks and kind of walked on. So that was a pretty cool interaction. So anyway, we get on the damn ship. And we're walking around, minding our own business. Uh, none of the rooms are open yet, because I guess they're still, you know, redressing them and things like that and putting shit back in order. So they're, you know, livable for the new people who are on there. So after that, we decide, you know, we're just going to go, you know, grab some food in the buffet. And we're walking around, we're minding our own business, and, <clears throat> you know, we're getting our food. And it, the lines are massive, like, because everybody decided to hit the buffet at once, because it's a long travel day, probably people skip meals, and they're like, we're fucking hungry. So we get up there, we I get through my line, I get my meal and everything like that, and I go, I set my stuff down, I go and I grab a drink, I set that down, and, I, and then I, you know, I just decided I was going to go see, you know, what all kind of, like, desserts and just, like, maybe get a load of what other people are on there. And I see a guy standing in line for the food. You know, normally I wouldn't, you know, walk up to interrupt anybody or anything like that. But, you know, you you see people on online and you see these personalities that you watch on YouTube or you follow through podcasts or anything like that. And you kind of get a little excited because you're like, wow, you know, I see you all the time in one format. But then to see you live and in living color and you figure, you know, I'd, I'd have been a little bit more jazzed to see 
the the wrestlers and things like that. And there there definitely were some of them. I was like, wow, this is really cool because I believe as we're eating um, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian, we're getting their stuff. I ran, a, I bumped into them and passed them and just walking around a lot on the ship. They were like some of the most active people on the ship, so I thought that was really cool. But the guy I end up running into is a guy by the name of Chris Ross. And if you guys don't know who he is, uh, you may know him better as Dead underscore and underscore old. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel uh, titled Dead End Old. Uh, he runs it with a lovely young lady by the name of Not Moskeo, or Natalie, I'm assuming is her, is her full name. Uh, if that's incorrect, Chris, feel free to uh, feel free to correct me. Not that you're listening, but if you are, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I saw him, and I'm like, he's really dynamic. He has great reactions. Um, he's just one of the most insane, and I mean that in the best possible way, just the most insane human beings I think I've ever seen on uh, YouTube. And it's really cool that I, I got a chance to see him. And it's like, because I recognized almost immediately the, the, the haircut, the long beard that he's got, and the tattoos that he's got all over his arms. And he's a really cool dude. And, you know, I get up, I was like, oh, hey, I know who this guy is. And, you know, I just say, you know, big fan of the channel, this and that, we get to talking. And he just seems like a really chill, relaxed kind of dude. Just great human being. So uh, there's, there'll be a couple more stories uh, about him coming up later on. <clears throat> so anyway... I get done talking to him. I say, you know, you know, love the stuff. Hope to see more of you along the ship. I go back. I eat. Finally, the rooms are opened up, so we can go, you know, double check on our our uh, our luggage. You know, change in any clothes we want for the evening time, and you know, go about our merry way. So we get, I get changed. I get everything taken care of when I'm in there. I we head up to uh, deck 12, which is where the the pool deck is. You see where the ring is set up, and. I, I could tell right away that things on this cruise were going to be a lot different than, like, regular, everyday uh, professional wrestling shows because the guardrails were almost, like, maybe, I'd say maybe two feet back from the ring apron, which doesn't really leave a lot of room for, as Excalibur would say, Tope Suicida! So, um, you know, I knew we weren't going to see a lot of that going on. Um but overall, like, it, it was a really cool setup. Uh, the stage looked great. Um, you know, everybody's kind of hanging around. Everybody's grabbing drinks at the bar, things like that. So we head up one deck further where the balcony area is for the pool deck, where they have a lot of the sun loungers and everything like that. And somebody, obviously, because they mentioned this, there was a whole big Facebook group where everybody could get together and, like, talk and chat and everything before the cruise started. And a guy posted that he was bringing a replica 24-7 title on the ship, and sure enough, there's a guy with a 24/7 title, and people are running around pinning him and doing all kinds of crazy shit, trying to get a hold of it. So my buddy uh, Ryan with the North American title, he got it at one point, so he was he was a t uh, double champion for a few minutes, then he got pinned for it, um, and then eventually I walked up behind the guy, one of the guys who had it, low blowed him, you know, pinned him, and I became a 24/7 champion for all of a couple of minutes. And I'm just kind of hanging out. When we, me and my buddy Ryan, we do our like the little belt tap kind of toast thing. And I'm just kind of hanging around. We're about ready to take a picture. When all of a sudden I get turned around, I get hooked in a front chancery, almost like I'm he's going to put me in a suplex or anything like that. And then he drops and almost like DDTs me on the pool deck. Or not the pool deck, but the, the, the sun deck. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, he could have killed me if he didn't know what he was doing. Thankfully, everything turned out fine. About the only thing that happened was I spiked my knee pretty bad on the deck, but 
you know, no harm, no foul. But I, I couldn't help thinking to myself, what the hell is this guy doing? And then I look up as I get up from being pinned, and sitting right in front of us is Jake the Snake Roberts. And all of a sudden, it, it passes through my brain like, you just got DDT'd and pinned for the 24-7 title in front of Jake the Snake Roberts, the guy who basically made the DDT famous. You've peaked, dude. Like, your wrestling career is done. If you had ever thought about a wrestling career at this point, you're, like, you're done. It's over. Done. Finito finished. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, we hang out and uh, run into Chris again. We have a couple little, uh, you know, back and forth, just chit-chats and everything. Uh, buys me a drink. Uh, really cool guy. He had the uh, the unlimited drink package. Like, it was weird because if you just had the basic drink package, all you got was, like, water, juice, and tea. Maybe some lemonade. That was about it. Um, but then you could get, like, unlimited soda or anything for, like, eight bucks per person per day in your cabin, depending on how many people you were paying for. Or if you paid like a hundred extra dollars per person per day, you could get unlimited alcohol and everything like that. I personally didn't decide to do that because I didn't want to be drinking the whole time. Um, you know, I bought a soda once here or there, and I, I kind of wish I'd gotten the unlimited soda thing. Because just for one, like, 16-ounce glass, or 16-ounce cup of Pepsi was like four or five dollars. And it was like, fuck me. So, uh, but anyway... We're hanging around, we're talking, we're just having a good time. We decided to go exploring a few of the other places. Um, they had a really cool lounge with a bowling alley in it, which was really cool. Stardust Theater that was on there was really cool, where we had a lot of the stage shows where you could listen to some of the po- uh, live podcasts being uh, being recorded and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then eventually we head back up because Chris Jericho is about to come on stage for a Fozzie concert. Well, before that happens... The big man himself, Gabriel Iglesias, otherwise known as Fluffy, uh, comes out and does a little intro and everything. He jokes around with the crowd. And he introduces Fozzie. Sure enough, Jericho comes out. and It is at this point that I proceed to lose my voice singing along to Fozzie songs, the least of which, of course, is the one that they capped the whole thing off with. Obviously, Chris Jericho, Le Champion's theme song, Judas. And speaking of Le Champion, I should uh, make a note that uh, in our stateroom for every single person who was on the ship, they all got an individual bottle of a little bit of the bubbly. So that was pretty cool. Um, but in any case, the the concert finished up. We got some really cool uh, wrestling matches that night. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there were, let's see, we had MJF versus Jungle Boy. I want to say on that first night, we also had Joey Janela. Uh, God, who was Joey Janela facing? Was it QT Marshall, I think? Uh, yeah, I think that was the case. And then... We also had, I believe it was Britt Baker versus Penelope Ford, I want to say, on the on the opening night. Um, and then the, uh, the final match of the night was uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus uh, SCU. So that was really cool. Um, really fun night. I went to bed fairly early uh, the first night. I'm, I'm used to being up fairly early, and I'm used to going to bed fairly early, and especially being up at 2 o'clock in the morning for a travel day. I was, I was piss-fucking-tired. So I wasn't in the, the karaoke lounge and everything when John Moxley did his version of Sweet Caroline or when SCU was singing California Love or anything like that. My buddies were, and they let me know a good amount about that. I know Chris was in there because he got a whole video of it and all that good stuff. So so that was the first day. So uh, the next day, we're in Nassau in, in the Bahamas. 
Um, we get there fairly early. Um, you know, I get up, get some breakfast. Um, and by the time, you know, by the time I got up on the second day, you know, there wasn't nearly as many people in uh, the buffet as everybody else, as there were almost on the first day. So it was a lot easier to get through, get your food, get back to your table. You weren't waiting in a, in a long ass line. So that was, that was nice. But anyhow, um, so I get my breakfast and everything. And then me and my buddy Ryan was decide we're going to walk around Nassau for a little bit and just see what kind of shops are there, what kind of stuff's going on. I had to get a couple of souvenirs for some friends, some family, uh, my girlfriend and my kids, obviously, had to get something for them. Uh, and in the future, uh, for the triple whammy, I do plan on trying to get uh, my whole family there, my girlfriend, my kids, all of them, uh, along with me, so that way we can all enjoy it this time around. Um, but, you know, beautiful weather in Nassau, really. Um, and as we're walking into uh, the port in Nassau in order to get through customs and everything and get into the actual town, uh, we notice as we're walking, uh, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross. And, you know, I just gave him a good old boomer sooner just for some fun, uh, just to say hey to Jim Ross and let him know, hey, appreciate your work, dude. Uh, so that was a good amount of fun. So we walked around for a little bit. Uh, there were a couple of souvenir shops I ran through. Um, Ryan bought a expensive pair of sunglasses, which I don't see the point in doing that. I only ever buy really cheap pairs because the cheap pairs you never fucking lose. You know, it's always the expensive shit that you're misplacing or you're getting broken or always having to replace because of some misfortune or mishap. Cheap shit, you never have to worry about. So cheap sunglasses are what I'm always going with. Uh, that and I just love the ZZ Top song, cheap sunglasses. You know, fuck me. Um, so we're walking around. We're having some fun. We run into our buddy Haven, who had already been out and about. So we're just kind of walking around, minding our own business. I, we had thought about, or at least I had thought about, going over to the... Uh, Atlantis Resort, checking out the casino and everything like that, but uh, we had to be back on the ship uh, by about 5, 5.30 if we wanted to get back in time to get good seats for Dynamite, uh, for the Dynamite taping that they were doing, so uh, we didn't want to spend too much time there. We did end up hitting up a nice little place to, you know, sit and get a little Wi-Fi so that way I could check my emails and make sure everything was going smoothly with people back home and all that. Uh, we hit up a Dunkin' Donuts just for something sweet to eat, and then we went back. We just made our way back to the ship. So by the time we get back to the ship, we, you know, head up, we get some food, uh, head up onto the top deck for dynamite. Now, everybody else has already started crowding around, so it was almost impossible to get a spot next to the actual ring for any of the tapings or anything like that. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to make my way around and see what I can manage. Uh, saw big old Dave Meltzer walking around, uh, Shagger Dave as the, as the Brits call him. He seemed like he was busy and in a hurry and kind of wanted to focus on some other things. So I didn't bother him to get a picture or anything like that. I did bump into, well, not literally, but I did, uh, manage to get a quick picture with, uh, Lisa Marie Varons, who some of you might know better as Tara from Impact Wrestling or as Victoria from her time in WWE. Uh, so yeah, I got a cool picture with her. She's total sweetheart. Love, just seemed like she was really enjoying herself. Uh, it seemed like her boyfriend, fiance, not sure what the technical term for what they've got going on is, but he seemed to be getting like a little annoyed because people were always asking for pictures and things like that. It's like, dude, what did you expect? You were coming on a, a wrestling cruise with a bunch of wrestling fans. What did you think was going to fucking happen? Uh, so I got a picture with her and I got a picture with, uh, like I said, Chava Guerrero. Really cool dude, just really cool to see him, just super chill. 
Um, a couple times when I was in the uh, the buffet, just having something to eat, and like me and my buddies would be sitting there, and then like literally two two tables over were Booker T and Charmel, and I saw a bunch of people getting up and just like coming over and talking to them while they were eating, and I was like, you know, I. I don't mind going over and talking to people like that and things like that, but I don't want to be rude. They're trying to have a meal. They're trying to have a private moment to themselves, you know, so I'm not trying to, to ruin that. So I, 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 again, if that's one thing you choose to do, that's up to you. I'm not telling you whether that's right or wrong. It's just the way you approach the situation. Just in my mind, I don't feel comfortable interrupting people when they're in the middle of something. Uh, I guess because I was, just the way I was raised, I was told never to interrupt folks when they've got something else going on, much like having a meal or they're holding a separate conversation or anything like that. So, um, but again, that's just me. So, but yeah, it was really cool because you could literally bump into those guys like anywhere. Uh, I got a, I bumped into Marco Stunt. Again, not literally, but as I was walking around, I got a picture with him, uh, which was really cool uh, on the Fourth or fifth day, I got a... Or no, the, on the fourth day, I got a picture with Sammy Guevara, which is really cool. Uh, they were just kind of walking around minding their own business. Sammy Sammy kind of walked around and strutted his stuff most of the time. We saw him at one point just kind of moseying his way down uh, the walk. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to, uh, to kind of just see them kind of walking around minding their own business, but... Anyway, the dynamite tapings were going on. Um, there were a bunch of points where I could not see shit. Um, obviously, JR couldn't wear his hat on the boat because it was so fucking windy, especially up there on the 12th deck. Uh, you figure that's about 120 feet in the freaking air, which is, you know, there's a lot of wind up that direction. So, uh, But yeah, it was really cool to see them. Justin Roberts was really into it and, you know, making everybody entertained and everything. Um and then, of course, uh, the one cool thing was when I was—I finally managed to make my way down to the deck where the actual ring was. Uh, for a little bit of time, I was up on the balcony trying to watch. And then I managed to get my way down to the, the actual deck itself. And it was right about the time that MJF was in the ring having his match with Joey Janela. And then after the match, when Cody came out and then the Young Bucks super kicked MJF, threw him in the pool, I was actually standing over there at the pool when he got thrown in. And I actually, uh, when they released the episode of BTE from the ship, I could see myself in the very opening where they threw him in the pool. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, Dynamite that night was great. Uh, the crowd was absolutely crazy. Um, love the fact that we were a part of such a awesome moment singing along to Judas as Jericho was coming down to the ring for the, the six-man match with him and uh, Santana Ortiz against... Uh, Jurassic Express I thought was awesome and I love the fact that every week since then the the crowds at the AEW shows have tried to recreate that and I'm just like y'all can't top this shit you really can't that was a once in a lifetime moment that you are never going to be able to recreate for yourselves so just just don't try just don't try but that was awesome uh, and then so yeah that about wraps it up for day three I think no, day two, I'm sorry. There we did a, there were a few other things that we went to. Uh, the first day, I forgot to mention that uh, in between some of the wrestling and everything like that, we did go and see uh, the... There was supposed to be an NWO episode of Talk is Jericho uh, featuring the three members of the NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and X-Pac. But because of filming, issue, uh, filming conflict and everything, 
uh, Nash had to pull out. And then I think due to health reasons or for some other, something I wasn't quite sure of. I'd heard health reasons. I'd heard money. I'd heard, you know, other kind of deals. Uh, Pac was unable to make it either. So not, uh, not Pac as a Neville, ex-Pac was unable to make it. So the, the episode ended up being with Scott Hall, Eric Bischoff, DDP, and Booker T. And if you've heard that episode of Talk is Jericho, um, yeah, it was a it was a wild friggin' ride. It really was. Um, but very, very fun stuff. I was super happy. Uh, in any case, so they had a couple other podcasts that were recorded that day, but I think we were in Nassau proper when that was going on, so we weren't able to catch those live, but that's okay. So... Finished day two. Everything's pretty cool. It's minor on business. We still haven't drank our bubbly. I didn't. I had that with me up until the time I got home, which was really cool. So we were just minor on business, just having a good time. Uh, just uh, I think after a while, the guys went and did some other stuff. I think they went drinking again and things like that. Me, I, I'm not a party hound. I don't like to drink excessively. I don't like to. I don't do well with. I don't want to say I don't do well with crowds. I just don't prefer to be in them all the time, like, constantly. Like, I can handle crowds, and which is why I wasn't bad with the crews and everything like that. But, again, being who I am, being, you know, 30, right now 31 years old, and, you know, dealing with the stuff that I deal with on a daily basis, by the time I get home at the end of the day, I'm usually emotionally drained, and I'm typically in bed by, like, 10.30. So, you know... It's not that I didn't want to explore all the late night stuff that was going on. It's just I didn't have the energy to do it. So I went to bed fairly early all three, all, all four nights, and the guys kind of hung around and did their own thing. One other cool thing that happened that day was my buddy Ryan uh, got in touch with another guy who was on the cruise. He was super cool and really fun, and he had a couple of other replica title belts with him. One of which was a really, like, almost, like, really real replica of the IWGP Intercontinental title. And when I say, like, real replica, I mean it felt like it could have been the real thing. And one, uh, one of the guys that we met on the ship, uh, I believe his name is Breton. He uh, actually lives in my, in my town, so we're kind of neighbors that way. He is an independent wrestling kind of connoisseur, independent wrestler of in his own right here in the area. And he said, yeah, this feels like it's an actual, like actual belt, not like a, one of the replicas WWE sells. And he could tell based on the way it was put together, like, yeah, this is put together like the actual belts are. The leather's a lot softer. It's a lot more malleable, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. So that was really cool. And the damn thing was fucking heavy. Like it felt like it was about 15, 20 pounds. And I'm just like, Jesus. So you could tell this was heavy-duty craftsmanship. I'll have to look around and see where I can find similar-style belts to decorate my living space with. But in any case, so that is going to lead us into day three, and I'm going to take just a brief, brief break, uh, grab a little drink, and kind of refresh myself while you guys listen to this delightful word from the sponsors of the show, and I will be back with you guys momentarily. Stay tuned. Alright guys, sorry about that brief intermission, but we are back with the Wrestling Ramblings and Ragers podcast. And boy, with some raging going on, on the high seas, in the Chris Jericho Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2. 
particularly on day three. Day three, we had a lot of the meet and greets going on. DDP was supposed to be doing his DDP yoga up on the top deck, but unfortunately the weather was not cooperating. The ship was pitching this way and that. Uh, a lot of people were getting sick, especially the folks at the meet and greet. I know John Moxley wasn't feeling that good. Hangman Page wasn't feeling that good. Cody definitely wasn't feeling good. Christopher Daniels, I mean, I feel so bad for CD. He ended up having to go away from the SCU meet and greet because he just his stomach just couldn't take it. I felt so bad for the guy. And honestly, I wasn't having that good of a time either. I was waiting in line for these meet and greets and... Like I said, just the ship bobbing left and right, up and down, up and down. And normally I'm not a seasick guy. Like, normally I have no problem with, like, being on the water. But this stuff was choppy as all get out. I mean, this thing, the ocean on day three was more choppy than a Walter match. Like, that's just the way that it is. But in any case, it was, it was still a good amount of fun. By the time some of the other meet and greets started later in the day, uh, you know, things kind of calmed down a little bit. Uh, the water wasn't bobbing up and down. The ship wasn't rocking back and forth near as much. And it was actually a pretty good day. Um, yeah, early on in the day, it was it was rough, though. Because I... Here's, here's the way the meet and greets kind of worked for the crews. And the way it worked out was that you got these little tickets. You walked in and you could pick one person. One person from the lineup uh, in each of these meet and greets. There were only four people you could choose from in each meet and greet. So the first one was you had Cody, Mox, Hangman, and SCU. So out of those four, you could pick just one. And you got in their line, you waited for them, and then if you had enough time, if you got through quickly enough and there were enough tickets left over... You were able to go back through the line and, uh, you know, get another ticket for somebody else. Me, I felt so bad by the time I got through the line. At first, I just kind of sat, and by the time everything got done, it was just, it was over. I couldn't do it again. Um, so that was that was tough. So the only person I got to see in the first uh, meet and greet of the day was, was Cody, but... I still got a really good chance to just hang out and talk with some people in line and everything like that. Uh, Hangman, of course, had a beer in his hand, you know, as he's been doing recently on Being the Elite, so that was fun. Um, and then when I got up there to Cody, like, he was sitting down because, like I said, he just was not doing well. Um, yeah, she, uh, he just was really feeling bad, but, you know, I got up there, I handed my phone to the, uh, the camera person, I sat down next to him. Got a quick handshake, uh, you know, smile, took the picture, and then as I was walking off, I told him, and I meant this sincerely, I said, thank you for making professional wrestling fun again, for making it awesome again. So that was that was a huge, huge deal for me uh, to be able to sit and just say that to Cody because I, I meant it. I truly did. Um, so by the time I got done and I got out of there, I was able to sit down. I was able to get some water in my system, get some some crackers or something to calm my stomach down. Like I said, the uh, boat had stopped rocking after a little bit by the time I got back in line for the next set of meet and greets. And in this set of meet and greets, we had, oh, uh, fuck. Um, it was MJF, uh, the Elite being Kenny and the Young Bucks, uh, Jurassic Express, and the women of AEW who were represented by uh, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, Riho, 
um, Aubrey Edwards, and oh, why am I blanking on the last one? Because there were six of them. Because I, I, I remember there were six because I had three on each side. Uh, give me just a second to, to look up the picture and I can tell you because I know I'm forgetting somebody. And I firmly, firmly apologize for this because I really hate... Oh, Allie! Allie, the bunny. Of course, how could I forget her? Jesus. Um, but yeah, so like I said, you, had, I got a pic, you get to get a picture with all six of them. Um, so this time around, I was actually able to get through because I knew, I knew the elite line was going to be the longest one. So I got into that one early and, I, and it took us a while to get them going because I think Kenny wasn't feeling so good because of, again, the, the just the rocking of the ship earlier. I think he was still, uh, he was still kind of feeling that. So it took them a while to get there, but once that line got moving, all the other lines had kind of died down and everything. And I'll tell you what. Getting through the meet and greet line and everything like that for this time around, like getting the pictures and everything with everybody else wasn't near as entertaining and near as fun as watching MJF just be a complete ass to everybody who walked up there. Like that was, it was fucking brilliant. Um, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of wrestling fans misjudge MJF because, and here's the thing, you don't know one way or the other what is real with him and what isn't because He's always in heel mode. He doesn't care. He is just an absolute dick every single place he goes. You don't know whether that's his actual personality or him just committed, being committed, excuse me, committed to the gimmick. And that's what I freaking love about the guy. He is one of the few people who to this day as a heel still lives the gimmick. And it is glorious. It truly is. Sorry, Bobby Roode. But MJF is the, I'll, I will put it on record right now. MJF is the best heel in the business today, bar none. There were people coming up to him where he was, uh, there were two, I think there were two people who, they were a little heavier. I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean about it or anything, but they were of bigger builds. And he just looks right at them and they're getting ready to take the picture and he goes, all right, everybody say obesity. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. This dude is a savage who gives absolutely zero fucks. There was one guy who was taking a picture, and MJF was sitting down as well, because, again, I think he was feeling the effects of the waves and everything. But as he's sitting down, this one guy gets over there and starts bowing to him, and MJF just sticks his foot out and steps on his hand. It was brilliant. Uh, every now and then he belts somebody in the balls, which was hilarious. Um, like, there were just so so many things that he did. One guy got right up in his face, flipped him the bird, and just held it there. MJF just looks at this guy, doesn't say a word, and just spits his gum at the guy. Fucking brilliant. Love love MJF to death. Um, but yeah, so I got through the elite line, and then after that was done, I got back in line for MJF. There was nobody in the line, so I just walked right up to the front, snapped a picture with him, didn't want to you know, cause any problems. I almost said... Hope you enjoyed the swimming lesson last night and then walked off. But, you know, I I, I I thought about it and I was just like, nah. The guy's feeling bad enough with the waves and everything like that. I'm not going to add to it. And plus, he's had to been on fire for all these other people in here today. So I'm just going to give him an easy time. Uh, so after I got that picture, I went back through to the front of the line. Got a ticket for Jurassic Express. Got to get a picture with Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco, which was fun. Uh, complimented them on their match the previous night, which was great. And then when that was done... I got back up there, or by the time that was done, uh, the guys who were holding the tickets were down in the meet and greet area, just with whatever tickets were left over. They happened to have a couple left over for the ladies. I got that in there, 
ran through, got a picture with the ladies. It was awesome. They were so nice, so sweet. Um, Riho is adorable in real life. She really is just as much as she is on on camera. She really didn't say much except hi and thank you, which, which you know, I, I don't blame her. I don't know that how well she speaks the language. I'm sure Kenny's been working with her, but... You know, she was just, every every single one of them, like I said, with the exception of MJF, who was just, again, his usual heel self 24-7, was just awesome. So, uh, oh, I almost forgot to mention, um, one of the other cool things that happened on the, the, uh, the day two was there was a really cool tribute band on there to Queen. And it was an all-female tribute band, and they called themselves the Killer Queens, obviously after the famous Queen song. And these ladies were just awesome. I, I am so, so glad I got a chance to see them live. And as we were kind of rocking out, just hanging around, doing all this cool stuff, who's hanging around? Vicky Guerrero and her new husband are hanging around, just having a grand old time. I think Shawl was with them. I'm not entirely sure. And then over in the corner, near where the cigar bar was, that they were kind of using as a quasi-dressing room, uh, were Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. I managed to get a picture with Chris. I uh, didn't get a chance to have one with uh, with Frankie. Uh, and then later on, I think on the third night or the fourth night, uh, I managed to get a selfie with Scorpio Sky, which was great. So that was a ton of fun. Um, so anyway, back to the meet and greet days. And then we had one other set of meet and greets because there were there were four different meet and greets that were going on throughout this whole thing. You had two AEW specific meet and greets, and then you had two Legends meet and greets. And the Legends meet and greets were Booker T and DDP, and then the other one was Scott Hall and Jake Roberts. Uh, and then, yeah, so the first day was, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I had it the other way around. It was Scott Hall and DDP, and then the other one was Jake Roberts and uh, Booker T. So on day three, like I said, I get in line for that one. Uh, Scott is just great. Managed to see him actually at one of the uh, at one of the restaurants on the ship. He was just sitting there up at the bar. Hopefully he wasn't drinking. Uh, but he was just chit-chatting with a bunch of people who came up to him, and he just seemed like he was having a good time. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna bug him for a picture because I knew I would have the opportunity to get a picture with him at an, another time, so I wasn't gonna bother him for that. Um, I think Eric Bischoff came in and sat at the bar as well and just had some dinner. And like I said, I, I just don't like interrupting people while they're having dinner to ask for pictures and shit like that. It's just not who I am. But uh, yeah, so I got in line for Scott first. Uh, managed to get through that really quick, and he he showed up early, and he got everything done and all that, and he was just really, really cool about everything, just so much fun. Uh, it's good to see him still up and around and kicking, and then I got back in line for DDP, and I got to tell DDP about a really cool moment that I had a while back, um, back when he was first promoting Resurrection of Jake the Snake, and it was available on Netflix. I watched it, and I had done a, a video review of it on my YouTube channel at the time. I don't have that channel anymore. Um, but I I had uh, DM'd DDP about it because I do DDP yoga, and he kind of makes it a point to be on top of everything with everybody who does DDPY. And I had asked, I had DM'd him, and I asked him, hey, is it cool with you if I do this, if I do a review for it on my YouTube channel? He goes, sure, bro. And then I sent him the link when it was done and everything like that, and he... Just to have that interaction with him was really cool. I let him know that, and he just said, you know, thanks for spreading the word, all that good stuff. And so DDP is really cool. Tall, tall human being. Like, I know he's like, what, six foot four, six foot five ish, which is really, really tall. Like, one of the tallest guys I've ever been around. Um, I say one of. I've met one guy taller, and he was only 
freaking what 19 years old he was like seven foot two in college i was like fuck but anyway uh off that topic so yeah basically all day on wednesday was devoted to meet and greets up until the time the wrestling started and the wrestling was fun that night we had uh christopher daniels versus hangman which was great we also had um yeah, Christopher Daniels versus... Oh, I'm sorry, he wasn't against Hangman. It was Christopher Daniels versus, Lucha, versus Luchasaurus. Uh, we also had Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker, which was cool. Uh, it was Darby Allin versus Hangman, which was great. And then the main event was Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford in a mixed tag team match, an intergender mixed tag team match against Kenny Omega and Riho, which was great. I mean, you want to talk... Like, everybody who disses intergender wrestling and thinks it has no place in modern society, I encourage you to watch this match. Like, this was a masterclass in how to do an intergender match right. There weren't a lot of strikes thrown. There were mainly just holds and arm drags and stuff like that. Nothing that, like, there was no closed fists used or anything like that. And both Penelope Ford and Riho came off looking great hanging in there with, with Kenny and with... Kip, so kudos to all of them involved. Kenny did a nice little uh, promo, uh, you know, like you do after, like he d- tends to do after those matches, you know, and he does this whole thing, you know, goodbye, good night, ba bang, and all that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, also on this day, there was a uh, there was a great podcast with uh, Ric Flair on Talk Is Jericho, which just recently uh, got released on uh, the Jericho Network for. Uh, talk is Jericho, which was great. Uh, the one for, with the NWO was also uh, released on there. And then the last Talk is Jericho that he did was the final night, um, which was uh, the Gathering of the Guerreros, which was fantastic. So um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else really worth doing on that day, you know, if you were feeling up to it. Oh, um, Kenny Omega was holding the uh, a uh, Smash Bros. tournament on on the boat. I had put my name in the hat for consideration, but they were drawn like random names because they could only fit so many people in. Uh, I didn't get selected, but my cabin mate Ryan did. Um, he got eliminated in the first round, but that was okay. I mean, he it was just fun to be in there. I hadn't even played Smash since I was like younger on like the GameCube with Smash Brothers Melee, so I probably wouldn't have lasted much longer than he did anyway, but I, I just wanted to be a part of it, and it seemed like something that was fun. Um, and then, yeah, the, about the only other thing going on that day for some other folks was uh, lining up for pictures with Jericho. So, yeah, that about covers day number three. I'm trying to see. Let me take a look through some of my photos and see if there's anything else that really calls out to me. And I think that's just about it. Yeah, like I said, mostly meet and greet stuff. Yeah, so um, on Thursday, which was the final day, um, you know, me and, uh, me and Haven got in line for our Jericho pictures. Uh, Ryan had to take his on Wednesday because of the, the switch around with the Smash Bros schedule and everything. So he got his by himself while we had, he and I, uh, Haven and I had to do double team, which was all right. It was fine. Um, so we're up there getting our picture taken with Jericho and everything that goes off without a hitch. Again, striking up some fun conversations with the folks who are in line with us. You know, a lot of people had these, like, funky costumes on and all this other kind of stuff. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, after that was breakfast. 
Uh, while that was going on, while we were waiting in line, uh, DDP was doing uh, DDPY on the top uh, on the the top deck with uh, Darby Allen and uh, Priscilla Kelly were were in there. They were they're apparently DDPY subscribers, which I think is great. Um, after that, uh, we got in line for the other meet and greets, which were Booker and Jake. Uh, I also managed to get both of their uh, autographs, or not autographs, but pictures as well. Uh, Booker's great, huge, just great guy to be around, so influential in the business, and it was an honor to meet Jake because, like, I, I just loved his promo style and everything like that. So, so cool that he's still around. I mean, we've lost so many greats when you look at Piper, when you look at um, Harley Race, you know, so many, so many greats that we've lost in the last couple of years. It's great to see that that Jake's still hanging around. Uh, and then after that, like I mentioned, uh, I actually had to get changed at that point because so many things that I wanted to be involved with were kind of stacking up on each other. Uh, but the reason I had to get changed was because there there was a, a contest scheduled on the ship called Show Me the Flare, where you had to dress up like the Nature Boy Ric Flair and get up on stage in front of the Nature Boy himself, cut a promo as the Nature Boy, and the audience would then determine a winner. Um, it was it was awesome, a hell of a lot of fun. It was me and about five other people, all of whom were wearing robes. One in particular, the only uh, lady among them, was dressed as Charlotte Flair instead of Ric Flair. Uh, so that sort of disqualified her from the competition, but not entirely, and I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, everybody else was wearing robes. Every single one of them was wearing a red robe, and I was the only one dressed in a suit. Because I wanted to be different. I knew everybody was going to dress in a Ric Flair robe. I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's a cl that's cliche. That's too easy. I'm going to go a different route. So I had a blonde wig on. I had uh, sunglasses, a blue dress shirt, you know, open collar, just a gray suit with dress shoes and socks, belt, dressed to the nines. Just really wanted to show up and show out. And as I was walking around in that getup, I had... Uh, pictures taken with, or I managed to take some selfies with uh, Marco Stunt and Sammy Guevara. Then, immediately following that, was the Talk is Jericho podcast with the Gathering of the Guerreros. So it was Chavo Guerrero, uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr., I should say, excuse me, uh, Vicky and her daughter, Shawl. And so many great, great stories and moments shared about a man who is just a legend in the business, Eddie Guerrero, one who was taken from us far far too soon um he had so much left to give to the business miss eddie guerrero every single day this year in november actually will mark 15 years since he's been since he's been gone and i will i'll probably end up doing a nice remembrance podcast with uh, a couple of buddies to try to just to commemorate eddie and just to remember him because i i think about that guy every year and i think god what would it be like now in in today's wrestling landscape of Eddie Guerrero, we're still with us. So uh, after that, we had more wrestling. It was uh, Hangman Page versus Kazarian. It devolved into a drinking contest first and then turned into an actual wrestling match. So if they were chugging uh, legit beers and not near beers, I would hate to imagine what that match was like because they were shotgunning these things like crazy. Uh, we also had Britt Baker versus Penelope Ford, which was really, really solid. Uh, then we had uh, the Lucha, or no, um, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and I think Marco Stunt, yeah. So it was Jurassic Express against Private Party and Darby Allen, which was a heck of a lot of fun. 
Uh, and then after that was the Show Me the Flare competition. I got in line, uh, met up with everybody else. Uh, you know, everybody got brought up on the stage. Uh, everybody was cutting their promos. Everybody was having a good time. I took my jacket off and I dropped the elbow on the jacket because I knew nobody else was probably going to get as physical as I did uh, until uh, the guy at number six actually got in there and he took his pants off and started gyrating around the stage like Rick did at one point. And Rick, with a great line, he says, please tell me that was never me looking out at the audience because it's like, I, I don't think he could handle looking in the mirror that hard. Uh, but eventually they narrowed it down to four. I was in the field of four. And then eventually I ended up winning. I was like, this is awesome. Like, I came to play for this fucking thing. Like, uh, I am a showman. I am a natural. Uh, I have a very theatrical personality, a very over-the-top personality. Being boring and being mundane has never been a part of my my DNA. So I got up there. I gave every single bit I had uh, to this competition. Um, Chris Ross, who I mentioned earlier, was actually in the crowd filming everything. I don't know that he's put it up on his his YouTube channel or his Patreon at this time, but as soon as I know, I will let you guys... As soon as he does, I will let you guys know. Uh, shout out to Chris, by the way. If you guys want to support Chris and want to get to know more about him, go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Dead End Old. Also follow him on Twitter, at dead underscore and underscore old. And you can follow his um, his associate, his co-host on the show, uh, at natmasko. That's N-A-T. M-A-S-K-O. Uh, you can also find them on Patreon at The Reaction Room. Uh, feel free to support them. I do. I'm a patron of them. I contribute every month just because I believe in what they're doing and they seem like really, really good people. So I want to support them in every way possible, even if it's just giving them a, a little shout-out on my podcast, which isn't all that big, but who knows. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, he films the whole thing. He comes up after I won, gives me a big old hug, and you know, uh, just says congratulations. He's... At this point, he's, I think this is his, what, third third or fourth straight day of being just pissed drunk. Um, who am I kidding? He's, he's Scottish. Just all drinking does for him is recharge his batteries. So, and Chris, if you're listening to this, you know, I, I respect the hell out of you, dude, and everything that you do. Everything I say is just in good fun. Uh, and plus, you try to get me in trouble with Matt on your podcast, so turnabout's fair play. <laughs> anyway. So after that's done, I go back to the uh, the stateroom. I change out of my Ric Flair clothes because at this point, I'm in sweltering heat in a full suit with a wig on. I'm sweating like a grease monkey. So I decide I'm going back down to the room. I'm going to change. I come back up. Uh, Fluffy is on stage doing a little bit where he's talking about when he went to Stolen Cold's house to do a podcast. He ended up blowing up uh, Steve's toilet and Steve got all mad at him and he's, you know, he starts crying and everything. And it's, it's, it's a fun little story. Uh, I don't know if anybody got video footage of that, but, um, if you did, please post it somewhere so I can see the link. Cause that, that story he was telling was absolutely fucking genius. And then after that, we got more wrestling started. And in the middle of all this, I'm hanging out, uh, cause I find a way over towards where the entrance way is, where all the folks are making their their entrance for their matches, and I find a, a nice little spot where I'm just kind of hanging out with a bunch of people, and it turns out that a bunch of the wrestlers and everything are hanging out back there too, so I managed to get some really good selfies with uh, with Fluffy after he got off stage, with uh, Jake Hager. Uh, I had an op- I, I tried to call Tony Khan over to get a picture, but he, uh, he was kind of busy and everything, so I eventually got some snapshots with uh, Joey Janela, with Santana, and with Cody after he got done. Uh, Cody and 
uh, Joey Janela were the last match of the night on this occasion. And holy shit, it was just a ton of fun. And unfortunately, fun is not always destined to last because the very next morning, the very next morning, we get woken up at about, what, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the fucking morning because they want all of us out of our staterooms by, like, 8. And they want us off the ship by, like, 9 or whatever. So I'm just like, like, can't even, like you can't even get a decent night's sleep after the, the party and all, all the fun that we've been having. Uh, it's just like, yep, party's over, get the fuck out. It's just like being in a high school party when you need to get out before the parents come home from the weekend. So, we all got our shit together, made sure we had everything. We got off the ship, um, made our way down the plank, uh, through customs, got through there, uh, managed to see Hangman Page kind of hanging around as he was going through and getting his stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Didn't bother him, didn't ask for photos or anything like that. It was just really cool to see him. Uh, got off the ship, got uh, through customs, made it out to the parking lot, got on my shuttle, Back to the airport, and here is where the lengthy part of my travel day begins, because apparently there was only one direct flight flying from Miami to my hometown, and it didn't leave until about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's 9.15, 9.30 in the morning, so by the time I get to the airport, it's about 9.30, 10 o'clock-ish, and I've got... Let's see, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. So I've got about six hours to just sit in a damn airport terminal and wait. And if you know anything about me, sitting still and waiting is not my thing. So eventually I get into where the, uh, get into where the, the check-in area is to get my boarding pass and everything. I get my bag put up. I don't go straight through security yet. I hang around a little bit. I waste probably about an hour and a half, maybe two. Stop by one of the gift shops, get a little something extra for heading home and everything like that. I get uh, something to eat because obviously I haven't eaten yet today because they threw us straight off the damn ship. Didn't even let us get breakfast first. Um, so I'm eating about, like I want to say 11.30ish, I start making my way through the security line. The security line had died down quite a bit uh, from where it was first thing in the morning, so I make my way through. Again, do like I did before, just drop everything in my backpack, make sure there's no liquids or anything. I drank what was left of my drink, got through security and started walking towards the terminal, uh, stopped a little way along the way, grabbed a seat, FaceTimed with my girl again, just to kind of, again, let her know I got home safe, at least back to the U.S. out of international waters safe. And then I would call her again when I got on, uh, when I got off the plane uh, back home. So for the rest of the time, I just sat there and I watched, I watched YouTube. I watched wrestling stuff on YouTube. I watched stuff from Cultaholic, from What Culture, Steven Larson, like anything that I could find to pass the time. Hell, I even started watching some Smash videos as well to try to inspire me to get off my lazy ass and get a switch so I could start playing Smash again because I used to love Smash and that, and it's come so far in the roster so thick now that I really want to get into it again but in any case get on the plane nice smooth two hour ride uh two hour flight back to uh back to home get off the plane grab my luggage and everything 
say goodbye to my buddy Brenton, who, like I said, is from my same area. He was on the plane with me. He was about one row or two rows up from where I was sitting on the plane, which was near the ass end, which sucked. But, uh, you know, got in, got my stuff, uh, got out to the parking lot, uh, got in my car, paid to get out of the parking lot, which cost me 70 freaking dollars. Uh, that's the last time I will be driving to the airport to do something like this. I will Uber next time, or I will freaking carpool with somebody else or have me have somebody drive a big old minivan or whatever to drop me off because I am not paying that kind of money to park at an airport again long term. That's fucking bullshit. Um, and then I, I went home from there. So, yeah. Overall, I had a very, very fun time on the Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Do. I am seriously looking forward and hoping to be able to get on the, the triple whammy in February of 2021. I uh, had a blast. Hopefully, like I said, I can bring my family along as well. Uh, I want to be able to have a good fun, a good amount of time. They're going to Grand Bahama this time around, so I'd love to be able to see the new island. And I, I, I'd have to say about the only thing that was really negative about the trip was, again, the, the choppy water on... Uh, on the third day was was pretty bad. Fourth day wasn't nearly as bad. And then day one and day two, we were in port most of the day, so you didn't notice any real chop or anything like that because the boat was stationary. Uh, and then uh, on the day that we were in the Bahamas, though, like as soon as you get out of like the 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 area where like the the port and everything is, and out into the city proper of Nassau. There, there's just people begging for money. Well, not begging for money, but trying to scam you out of money, trying to get you, you know, offer you a taxi ride, offer you any kind of random service or random trinket or anything like that in order to get you to spend, give them your money so they can make a buck. Um, really, really pushy ones too, which was annoying. Uh, I real, I just no sold it the whole time. Like I acted like they weren't even there, didn't even talk to, didn't even talk to them, didn't acknowledge them. Uh, and that's that, that's really the best way to be is like don't be a, a dick about it but if they're really being pushy about it i'm just just don't even sell it just be like yep i'm going on my merry way i don't see you there i don't recognize you i don't know you see you bye because that that's about the best way to go about it you know i uh, didn't get around to the beach i know uh i heard darby allen and priscilla kelly were walking around there which was probably fun for them um you know uh, it sucked for Cody because he had to be there by himself. I know Brandy was originally supposed to be on the ship, but uh, somebody stole her passport, and she was supposed to have gotten on from, uh, either gotten on or gotten off in the Bahamas, and she was supposed to have fly, uh, flown back from there. And obviously she couldn't do that without her passport, so that really blew. Um, but overall, like I said, great, great experience. Can't wait to do it again. Um you know, I, I definitely would spring for a few other things. Like I said, I'm not probably going to spring for the alcohol package, but I would definitely spring for the soda package just to be able to have a little different option to eat. Um, don't really need any additional options as far as food. There were plenty of complimentary restaurants uh, to choose from, so I definitely didn't get bored of the cuisine. So that wasn't an issue. And just overall, just really great people. I had a great time just meeting new folks, talking wrestling, just... Meeting people from all over the world, too, because there were people from Australia, England, Scotland, Barbados, Venezuela, uh, New Zealand, freaking, um, I want to say Argentina. There were just a ton, a ton of people from all walks of life on this ship. And 
I, if you've thought about doing this before, but you've been hesitant to do it, I would say just for the, the bragging rights of saying that you did it, sure, do, definitely do it. But more importantly, for the experience of getting to know so many people and seeing what the power of professional wrestling can do, not dividing people the way that Twitter portrays it all the time, but bringing people together to celebrate the sport that we love, professional wrestling. I know it's not um, it's not a quote-unquote sport, but it is a sport. It involves athleticism. It involves people sacrificing their bodies, whether it's bumping on the ring, whether it's bumping on the floor, whether it's going through tables, ladders, chairs, barbed wire, thumbtacks, anything like that. The people who put their lives and their bodies on the line for our entertainment deserve our respect, and to be able to come together on that ship and honor what those people do and the things that we love, which are rock and roll music and professional wrestling, to me, was one hell of an experience that I cannot wait to do again. And hopefully you guys will join me next time around. But that is going to wrap it up for the Wrestling Ramblings and Rages podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me here today. It's been a blast. If you're listening to the show, then congratulations. That means you're listening to me on any of really some really great platforms, including Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all kinds of great partners. Thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, definitely share it. I'm not going to ask you guys to pay me anything to keep this thing going. I don't do this for the money. Uh, any extra scratch I can make by from the sponsorships and anything like that is great. But, again, I just do this for the love of professional wrestling because I, I don't intend to get rich off of this. That's not why I do it. I, I'm not here to scoop anybody. I'm not here to, you know talk about you know news i'm not here to break stories i'm not here to do anything like that i'm just here to talk about a profession that i love a profession that i wish i could have been a part of um if i had had a little bit more athleticism or if i had started really getting into it and really aspiring to it earlier on and it's just something that i love and if you love it too and if you dig it then you are most welcome here absolutely all the time thank you guys so much for joining us I'll see you guys next time, and hopefully nothing causes me to rage and hulk out anytime soon, unless I'm on this podcast. So take care, everybody, and I will see you guys in the next time. Bye-bye.